you would look with me. The book of First Kings, the first chapter, around the 28th verse. You would stand once you found it. Then King David said, Call in Bathsheba. So she came into the king's presence and stood before him. The king then took an oath, As surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble, I surely carry out this very day what I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon, your son, shall be king after me. He will sit on my throne in my place. And Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the ground, prostrating herself before the king and said, May my lord King David live forever. King David said, Call in Zadok, the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah, son of Jehodah. And they came before the king. He said, to them, take your Lord's servant with you and have Solomon, my son, mount my own mule and take him down to Gihon. There have Zadok, the priest, Nathan, prophet, anoint him, king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, Long live the king's son, long live King Solomon. Then you ought to go up with him. He is to come and sit throne and reign in my place. I have appointed him ruler over Israel and Judah, but I, son of Jehoda, answered the king, Amen. May the Lord, the God of my Lord, the king, so declare it. Lord, I have a blessing to the reader and hearers of this written word, you may be seated in the presence of God. Let us pray. God, we thank you for what you've already done in this place. We thank you, Lord, for praise and worship and the movement of your spirit. Now, Lord, we anticipate with great appreciation your word. Hide me behind your cross that those present here might get a glimpse of your son, Jesus. Allow me once again the ability to speak boldly, profoundly, effectively, and sufficiently. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in that sight. Amen. Amen. Let the church say, Amen. Let the church say amen. 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 Means so be it. We translate the word, it means so be it. It is a proclamation, a word of proclamation for what we are affirming that God has decreed certain things that should take 
rhetorical word, but a word of action that bears witness to the will of God, that God's will will come to fruition here on earth. Uh, it is an affirming word, once again, that proclaims that the will of God will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we, in a real sense, see in this morning's text. David is prepared to pass the torch to Solomon, which had been sanctioned by God in Chronicles. Now it was elevation time, it was transition time, time for Solomon to assume the reign. So David proclaims that Solomon would take his place. David is simply proclaiming God's will, that God's will will manifest itself as God has ordained. Following David's proclamation in this, in 1 Kings, it is a man is stated. In other words, they are saying, so be it. So be it to what the will of God is and what David is proclaiming that it shall be. Uh, so Solomon is to rule. They, I truly believe that there are things of God that need to be in this world. We who deem ourselves as Christians, I believe, play some significant role in bringing those things to fruition that are worthy of an amen. Can the church say amen? amen? God desires love, not hate. Let the church say amen. amen. Uh, God wants peace, not war. Let the church <laughs> say amen. God wants us to be healed, not sick. He says that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways, I will what? Heal <laughs> their land. Let the church say amen. Just wonder sometimes if we love to hear the word of God and not necessarily are following or believing the word of God. So these are things that God wants. God wants us to be saved and not lost. Let the church say amen. And what God decrees and declares deserves an amen from the church. We are to affirm what God has declared. Therefore, that's why we say 
Amen. All I'm trying to say is that we need to affirm the things of God in the midst of the madness that we face in this world. Uh, it's amazing how the world's concepts and the world's challenges can muddy what we know to be the things of God if we're not careful. There are plans of God that need to be affirmed by the church in America today where our voices are heard loudly. Uh, this is not a time for the church to be silent. Uh, this is not a time for a weak amen. This is a time for a very loud amen. The world should be hearing the church's amen. This is what we need today. So the question is, is I amen loud enough today? There was a time when the church's amen was so loud that it could be heard across the plains of this country and on the hilltops and in the valleys and stretching beyond the borders of this country and heard globally throughout the entire world. We had that kind of amen in the church. Church's amen was so loud that it shook the foundations of racism, sexism, and every ism there was out there. That's how loud the church's amen was. It was so loud that it worked against the ideal. It worked uh, against anything that would come against the ideal that we were all created in God's image. Our fight for equality could be heard throughout this entire world through the works of Malcolm, Martin, Mandela, Rosa. We witnessed the great proclamations of God. The church was saying, Amen. <laughs> through marches on Washington and sit-ins and protests, all in the name of freedom that God had declared for us, there was a resounding amen. amen. Our ability, can the church, and asking the question that today is, can the church rise up and still shout amen? amen. We need a church that's willing to say amen to the injustices of this world. We need a church to affirm the declarations of God uh, that in the midst of all that's going on today that our God is still greater than our challenges. Church must never lose its amen. Yet as I examine these current times, I can't help but be somewhat uncertain as to whether or not we're living up to our responsibilities to affirm the declared things of God. These are perilous times, difficult times, challenging times, cultural division amongst us, mass shootings of innocent people, 
and people who are actually killing babies today. I'm still amazed at what's happening all in our country today. In the face of all of this, we need a church that can rise up and say amen to the declared things of God. We must proclaim what God expects. And it is through our amen that we not only proclaim those declared things of God, but we participate in bringing those things into fruition. For amen is what we anticipate to be, what we can expect to be, what by faith we believe will be. So we need the church to affirm to the world that God is greater than the foes and the challenges we face. That our God is an awesome God. That our God is still able. That our God can still change circumstances. That our God still parts seas. That our God can shake the foundations of this world. Somebody ought to say amen to that. In other words, that God is greater than white nationalism. I wish I could get an amen. That there is a a power in the message of God that the world needs to hear. That our God is greater than Trump administration. That our God is greater than the challenges that we face in this, in this country. Our God is still greater. We need a church to rise up and tell the world that our God is greater and that deserves an amen. Or too often we are allowing ourselves to be uh, burdened by the challenges. There's no challenge that God can't handle. Let me say that again. There's no problem that God cannot handle. Sometimes it just seems like we're allowing the problems of the world to weigh us down at the church. That doesn't deserve an amen. What deserves an amen is the fact that God is greater than the world's challenges. God existed before the world. God created the world. And surely God can fix whatever problems that are rising up in the world. That deserves an amen. Say amen. Should not be, you see, our amen should not be isolated to the silos of Sunday morning experience. Let me say that again. That our amen should not be isolated to the silos of Sunday morning experience. It's not the time for you to only say amen in church. We need a declared amen that is sounding that you can hear on Monday, and that you can hear on Tuesday, that you can hear on Wednesday, that you can hear throughout the entire. We need an amen when things are heated, when things are challenging, when things are going the opposite direction of, of what God intended. That's where we ought to hear an amen. Because we ought to declare the things of God that, that in the midst of our challenges, and then begin to speak amen. Let the church say amen. amen. This is what we see in this morning's text. 
in a real sense. David is appointing Solomon king. I want you to see this. David is appointing Solomon king. But if we look careful at the text, what we discover is that David has the priest anoint Solomon before he is appointed. I want you to see that, that David has Solomon anointed before he's appointed. He's anointed before he's appointed. Can I park here just for a moment? Just for a moment because this becomes significant in our responsibility as the church. If we expect a man to be heard throughout this world, this is significant that David has Solomon anointed before the appointment. The church has to operate in a certain order. Allow me to submit to you that our power always comes from the anointing. Our power always comes from the anointing. Watch this. We have too many leaders in the church and also outside of the church that have been appointed but have not been anointed. Mm. I'll preach fast if nobody else gets it. We have too many folk who have been appointed, but they have not been anointed. Mm. You see, in order for the church to say amen, it has to operate under the what? The, the auspice of God's anointing. The church really can't be the church without God's anointing. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself right here, but that's all right. The church cannot be the church without God's anointing. In other words, the church ain't nothing but a social club if there's no anointing. I wish I had somebody in here. <laughs> and in a real sense, I ain't talking about y'all, but if, if, if the church, if there's no anointing, we're just a bunch of folk, a bunch of social misfits getting together and civil together to do a little bit of nothing without a centralized purpose. I wish I had somebody in here. Because it's the anointing that brings forth the power. And so today, we need a church to rise up and bring the what? Anointing of God to the world. Mm. I wish I had somebody this morning. We have too many. We, we have backed <clears throat> some of the wrong people. Oh God, I wish I had somebody. We've backed some of the wrong people. Because, and, and, and people for the wrong reasons, they have not been anointed, but we've allowed them to be appointed. Mm. And yet, in other words, we've affirmed them, but once again, you can't say amen over something if it is not anointed by God. 
In other words, you've got a powerless amen if it has not been anointed. That's why David, what, has Solomon anointed before his appointment. Uh, we have appointed policy. I'm going here. That has not been anointed. We've appointed procedures that have not been anointed. How can the church be the church and how can the church say amen without the anointing of God? Uh, uh, let the church say amen. Can I go here? Can I just keep driving this home? We got preachers in the pulpit that have not been anointed. Uh, let me, let me see. I don't want me to go here. Uh, they've been appointed, but they've not been anointed. We've got deacons in churches that have, we've got church leaders and trustees and all over, you know, all kind of church leadership that have been appointed, but not, have, they have not been anointed church leaders in general that have been appointed but not anointed. We have traditions. Amen somebody. We have traditions in the church that have been appointed but were never anointed. We have family practices. Let me just drive in your driveway and bring it home to you right now. We have family practices that have been appointed, but they were never anointed. We have people that 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 sought God for, for 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 you know when we look at this text, it's it's David is seeking God's anointing. We have to seek God's anointing over everything. You know, and so therefore, before we just decide that certain things are appointed. And we want God to support, but the question is, have you had it anointed by God? You can't appoint something and then want God to come in behind it. I remember there was a time when we were afraid to do anything on anything on a Sunday. Amen, somebody. We were scared to do things on Sunday. You know, you didn't hear any, I mean, you didn't do nothing but go to church, come back home, eat that big meal, watch some football game or something or whatever you were going to do. But there wasn't much of anything. You didn't, there was no shopping. There was nothing. Now I hear lawnmowers, people shopping. Uh, people do a little bit of everything on Sunday. Sunday might as well be another day. But used to be, what, what it used to be, Sunday was sacred. Watch this church. It was, we knew it was anointed by God. God, I wish I had somebody. And so we didn't let what appointments affect the anointing. And now we flipped it because now we, 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 we have more appointments that it don't have nothing to do with God's anointing. Wow. How can the church say amen if it's operating out of order? And, and here's the thing. We are dragged, the church, church folk 
are dragged into the same behaviors as the world. Because, come on, let's be honest, we do a little bit of everything. We'll miss church, won't even come to church. You wouldn't even thought about 30 years, 40 years ago, you wouldn't have even thought about even getting, even wrapping your mind about not coming to church to go to uh, some other event on a Sunday morning. You couldn't have even, your, your mama would have read your mind, your grandma would have read your mind and beat you before you it even got to your lips. Come on, I wish I had somebody in here. But things have changed. We make appointments that have not been anointed. All of these practices, missing church to do just about any and everything on Sunday night. We, we, we've, we have appointments on Sunday, once again, that have not been anointed by God. David has Solomon anointed before his appointment. Then we're told a man is spoken over what God has anointed. When the church says amen, when the church says amen, it is an affirmation of God's anointing. Not just our appointing. It is an affirmation of God's anointing. There are some things we need to seek God's anointing for. We need to seek God's anointing for who leads. Not just inside the church, but who leads in our country. His anointing for, you need to seek God's anointing for the house you live in. Let me make it plain and simple. You need to seek God's anointing for the car you drive. You, you, you need to seek God's anointing for the career you decide upon. You need to seek God's anointing for the friends you keep. God, I wish I had somebody in here. Because oftentimes we're just operating out of appointment, but not out of what? Anointing. And so therefore... How can we <laughs> declare the things of God to come from those experiences and from those connections if they have not been what? Anointed by God. Are y'all getting this message this morning? We have to seek God's anointing. Now watch this. I know I read your mind. Pastor, how, how, how do we seek God's anointing? I'm going to give you an answer to that question. One, one, number one. We seek God's anointing through his word. Through his word. Watch this. David was always focused on what God wanted more than what David wanted himself. David was always focused at least the majority of the time. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> Matter of fact, when he messed up, it was because he was he was what seeking what he wanted opposed to what God. 
But David was pretty good about seeking God for, for all that. That's why he's called what a man after God's own heart. Because he was seeking what God's want. He was seeking the word of God. We have to seek God's word. In order to affirm the things of God, you have to seek the word of God. In order to, to really declare and proclaim the things of God, you've got to seek his word. Secondly, secondly, we seek his anointing through our witness. Our witness. It's not just your word, but it's your witness. Watch this. It's your, your willingness to express your faith. Look, you can't be ashamed of this gospel. Let me say that again. <laughs> the power is in the anointing, but you've got to be willing to. You cannot be ashamed of this gospel. Once again, I think all far too often today, we, we're embarrassed. We're scared to talk about Jesus. We're scared to proclaim the, the word of Jesus. We won't even say Jesus in certain situations now. Matter of fact, some of us won't even, we'll leave church and there's nothing about Jesus that comes out of our mouths the rest of the day on Sunday. And so we have to what? Proclaim it. We must shout it. You have to be willing to shout Jesus into this world. Come on, let the church say amen. amen. If we don't declare it, if we don't proclaim it, who we? We must shout it. We can't let no rocks cry out for us. Let the church say amen. Finally, 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 thirdly, I think we seek God's anointing through our walk. It's through our walk. So your word, I mean through God's word, through our witness and then through our walk. That's how we seek God's anointing. We seek it, we seek it through his word, through our expression of faith, our witness, and finally through the way we walk. You gotta walk this thing out. There's no other way. You've got to walk it. There's no easy way. You've got to walk it. If you want to walk in the anointing of God, if you want those things of God that are supposed to be in your life to come to fruition, you've, you've got to what? It's through his word, it's through your witness, and it's the, through the way you walk. You've got to walk this thing. Look, it's not going to come easy, but if you just keep walking far too often we want this thing to come real quick but it's not it does not this ain't Burger King have it your way is this this is not Burger King you you've got to walk this journey and you've got to walk your way to some things through some things to some things to walk it. Uh, this is Jesus in a real sense. This, When I think about Abraham who couldn't see the promise 
but he still journeyed towards the promise. In other words, he was what? Walking it. He had to, you know, by faith, he didn't even, had never seen the promised land. But he said, God, if you have decreed it, if God, if you declared it, I'm willing to walk it. <laughs> and so let the church, Abraham was saying, let the church say amen. Because God, you said it, so therefore, I'm moving towards it. I can't see it. I can't touch it. I know I'm leaving some things behind, but I'm willing to walk this journey. Because, Lord, I believe that you have a promise for me that's greater than what I've seen before, to things that I've seen before. So I'm willing to walk it. I'm going to walk it. Jesus, I'm reminded that Jesus tells Peter to come on to the water. Y'all remember that story? Yeah. They're in the middle of somewhat of the wind is blowing. He's in the boat with the disciples and essentially what Jesus was saying to Peter was walk out your faith. <laughs> yeah, if you really believe, then let me see. Then I'm telling you, you can come to me. You have the power to come to me on this water. I know it looks like it's impossible. I know it's something you've never done before, but I want to see your faith. Every now and then, God just gives you a chance to see if you're willing to walk. If you walk to get to him, will you, are you really, really willing to walk? And so sometimes we're faced with the challenge of a sea. We're faced with the challenge of doing the impossible. And the question is, will you get up and walk it out? So that's what we see in the text. See, there's some experiences. I just stopped by to tell somebody. There's some experiences that you're not supposed to walk around. <laughs> there's some things that you're not supposed to go over. There's some things that you can't go under. There's some things that you just going to have to walk through. There's some things. It's not easy. And it's not going to be easy. But God has already made a way for you. God has already, God has already declared that you will get to the other side. And that's what deserves an amen in your life. Watch this. Sometimes you've got to say amen to the things of God and what God is doing in your life all to yourself. You've got to declare the things of God in the midst of the challenges you face and tell yourself, self, I know I'm looking at water right now. I know I don't have another route to take, but I'm going to get out of this boat, walk on this water, and before I get out, I'm declaring an amen over my success to make it. And even if I fall and start to sink, I know that the God I serve will save me. And so therefore, I'm speaking amen over the entire situation. Sometimes you just got to say it to yourself, so be it. Speak the declared things of God over.
over to your life and say, so be what you desire, God. <sighs> what you desire, God. That what you desire will come to fruition in my life. I'm not accepting what the enemy is trying to do to me. I'm not accepting defeat. Because God didn't. God is a God of victory. I'm not accepting defeat in my mind. And so I'm declaring the things of God and I'm speaking an amen over what God desires for my life. I'm walking it out. Bills may be due, but you know what? I'm walking it out. Sickness but I'm walking it out. <laughs> Wrongly accused. <laughs> but I'm walking it out. Don't like where my life is right now, but I'm still walking out because I know God ain't done, is not finished yet. And so I'm going to keep walking it out. Reminded of the fact that over 2,000 years ago that our Lord and Savior walked up a hill called Calvary. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we're told that he was carrying a cross and that at some point even Simon had to help him because the cross was getting heavy. But if, you know what I, what I picture, if you will, was Jesus walking up that hill, worn and weary, but at the same time, he was still what? Walking it out. Matter of fact, in a real sense, uh, Jesus kept walking and walking and he knew that that was a particular, he knew the things of God and what was supposed to be taking place in his life. So even when they nailed him to the cross, in a real sense, Jesus is affirming the things of God on the cross. He's saying amen over what God's will is. Even going back to the Garden of Gethsemane, when he talked about, I wish this cup could pass from me, but God, Father, let your will be done. Jesus was focused on the will of God and declaring the things of God in the midst of his trial and his tribulation. He was still saying, God, bring forth your will. God, I declare. In other words, Jesus was what? Affirming the things of God. He was saying, so be it. He was giving an amen to the things of God in the face of his trials, in the face of his challenges. And so even when they nailed him to the cross, I can just see Jesus in a real sense, spiritually, what? Still walking it out. <laughs> Even when they pierced him in his side, he was still, what, walking it out. Even when he took his last breath, y'all, he already knew what was going to take place. He knew that this was not the end. And so in a real sense, he was still walking it out. <laughs> As a matter of fact, even when he was buried in the grave, I come to understand that a grave couldn't hold Jesus. Because Jesus had a place and a destination. He understood the divine things of God. And so even when he got down to the grave, watch this y'all, he kept walking in the grave. <laughs> I mean, and therefore the grave couldn't even hold him. That's why early one Sunday morning, the grave had to release him because Jesus kept walking in. had to 
walk it out. You have to walk out your faith. It's time for the church to walk its faith out. We have the power to say amen over the declared things of God. We can walk out victory. We can walk out victory over violence. Let the church say amen. We can walk out peace over persecution. Let the church say amen. We can walk out blessings over our burdens. Let the church say amen. Look, you are an heir. Walk it out. See, that deserves an amen. We can walk out. We can overcome drug drug addiction in our communities. We just have to what? Walk it out. It's time for the church to proclaim the sacred things of God and the things that God has declared. You are not a tail. You are a head. Proclaim it. There's no weapon formed against you that can prosper. Proclaim it. And in a real sense, the Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nah, it's seed go without bread. Walk it out. And so we've got to declare what we know to be the things of God. And we've got to walk those things out. In a real sense, if you're going to quote the 23rd Psalm, you ought to live it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So whatever you lack right now, you ought to decide that, you know what, I'm going to walk out. God, what I know to be in your word, in your word, it says that I shall not want. My faith says walk it out. And so I'm going to walk it out. Can I get an amen just from the church that God has given us a power, that God has given us something that we need to walk out? Surely if Jesus can walk out of that grave, he's given us a declared victory over. There's nothing in this world that can hold you back but you. Look at somebody and say, walk it out. Mm, I don't care what it is, walk it out. Maybe that's why those three Hebrew boys were able to walk in the midst of a fiery pit. Because they understood the power of their amen. They understood that no matter how deep the pit is and no matter how hot you turn it up, God, my God is hotter. My God is greater. And so you can throw me in the pit, but I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship him. I'm still going to walk around and I'm still going to keep walking it out. That deserves an amen. God has given us some things, church. It's time for us to rise up and declare the power of our amen. You need to declare it over your life. You need to declare it in your church. You need to declare it in your community. You need to declare it in this world. We need to declare the things of God and then let the church say amen and begin to work to bring those things to fruition by walking it out. Come on, look at somebody and say, walk it out. Walk it out. I don't know what you're dealing with, but walk it out. 
Uh, can you see yourself? Somebody in this church ought to see themselves walking out of a bad situation right now. You ought to see yourself on the other side of that thing right now because you know you have the power to what? Walk it out. Come on, touch somebody else and say, walk it out. We are in good company, church. Jesus has walked, demonstrated, illustrated, and given us an example to walk out some things. So let the church say amen. Doors of the church are open. Hello, my name is Constance, Praise Team Seeker here at One Fellowship Church in Waco, Texas. Thank you for listening. You can learn more about our congregation online at onefellowshipumc.org. You can also like us on Facebook in order to stay up to date with the latest events and activities taking place in our community. Please feel free to share this message and others on social media so that more people can hear about what God is doing here at One Fellowship Church. Thank you and God bless.